Hello, and thank you for listening to the Sermon Podcast from First United Methodist Church of Derrida, Louisiana, recorded at our 10 o'clock service on Sunday, December 17, 2017. Our text for the day is Psalm 126, which is as follows. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter, and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then it was said among the nations, The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we rejoiced. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the watercourses of the Negev. May those who sow in tears reap with shouts of joy. Those who go out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, carrying their sheaves. Last week, I started out by telling you what peace wasn't. Last week I told you that peace is not the absence of violence. This week I tell you that as we come to this Sunday of joy, where we light the joy candle, joy and happiness are not synonymous. Joy and happiness are not synonymous. You can have joy in your life, even in the midst of the darkest days and the darkest circumstances. Those times where we are not very happy, perfectly on cue, just as we find ourselves not happy, we can find ourselves full of joy. And some of you may go, how is that? How can you say that? Well, let me ask you this. From where does our joy come? where it makes us happy. And how do we define those things? As a, Last week I wore an Alabama cap up here. I'll never do that again in this church. I promise you. There were some of you, I think three of you, that found great happiness when I put it on, and there were 140 of you that were very happy when I took it off. You know, there are those of us that have our hearts attached to a particular sports team. We can get tied up in happiness and in joy in non-productive ways. But the question we ask ourselves this morning is, why is joy one of those things we're called to focus on during the season of Advent? And I think it's precisely because Jesus knew that to follow him was going to mean many days of trial, was going to mean many days of unhappiness, many days of dissatisfaction, many days where it feels like the world is attacking everything you believe. One of the great ironies of the faith is that so many in America get angry because they see the church being persecuted here. Ladies and gentlemen, we don't know persecution. We really don't, and we need to stop that. We have more freedom to worship here than pretty much anywhere else. But we allow those kind of things to rob us of our joy. We allow those things to rob us of our happiness. And yet, where does the joy come from? This is pretty much 
very similar to last week where I told you we find peace not in what comes out, but we find peace in what God has put into us. We find joy this week in knowing that God has put Himself, the Word made flesh, into us to show us that no matter what is thrown at us, God will win. No matter where we find ourselves in the continuum of life, Our joy is not found in the circumstances of the world, but our joy is found in the one who came not to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. We come and find our joy in the one that says to us, the one who does not hang us for our past, but says, you are forgiven, now go forth and sin no more. We find our joy in the one who noticed the widow putting in everything she had to live on. Because she saw something that so many of us miss. She saw the joy that comes from going all in because she knew. She knew that God was more powerful than any circumstance in which she may find herself. And this whole conversation about joy from the psalm reading this week answers a question that I think many of you have for me this morning. And that is, this is all well and good, but if you knew my situation, if you knew my circumstance, if you understood half of what I've been through, you wouldn't be standing up there talking about joy because there is no joy in my life. Now, I want to introduce a couple of things to you real quick to give you something to chew on this week. Something that I think all of us need to chew on on a regular basis if we are to live out that life that God has called us. We see it first in verse 1 and following. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then it was said among the nations, "The the Lord has done great things for them. Think about it. Joy comes from remembering God's work. Joy comes from remembering God's work because as we, as we dive into God's holy word, not just on Sunday morning, but as part of our Sunday schools, our Bible studies, our small groups, when we allow ourselves to be covered in God's Word, we can't help but remember that we worship a God who always delivers on His promises, and we worship a God who, who will do mighty things on behalf of His people. We also worship a God who does not work on our timetable and does not always deliver us what we ask for. Thank God He doesn't. But we worship a God who was restoring the fortunes of his people. And one of the ways that we keep our souls full of joy, even when our circumstances may not be happy, is when we remember God's work. After all, that's what this whole Advent season is about, is it not? We're getting ready to celebrate again the birth of Jesus Christ. And part of the reason why the church has the preparatory seasons of Advent and Lent is to remember and to be reminded once again of that which we are about to celebrate. The joy of knowing that God once again delivered on His promise because God gave us a Savior. 
And in those deep, dark nights of the soul that so many of us experience from time to time, there's no way we can find joy in those situations. And I'm going to tell you, you're not called to. Because our joy is not found in the things of this earth, but our joy is found in the Word of God made flesh, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the reason why our joy must be found there and not in any individual person in our lives and not in any circumstance in our lives and not in any tangible object of our lives and not in any tangible political situation of our lives is that Scripture tells us that everything is going to be washed away and a new heaven and a new earth is going to come. So if you're finding your happiness or your joy in something in this world or if you're focused on your anger because of things in this world, stop it. Because all of that's going to be washed away. Instead, let us find joy in remembering God's work. Goes on and he says, The Lord has done great things for us, and we rejoiced. The Lord has done great things for us, and we rejoice. Joy commands attention. Joy commands attention. Some of you like to pick on me about this phrase I'm fixing to use. I want you to imagine how your life, the life of your church, the life of your family, the life of your community, and the life of your world, how much would those change if we were people who exuded the joy of the Christ child. How much difference would it make in the lives of those we care about if we rejoiced constantly at God's work? If joy commands attention. I promise you, if you live a life where you have a smile on your face, and you have joy in your heart, it's going to be noticed. The question we have to ask ourselves this morning in the midst of this passage is, what are people noticing? What are people going to notice in us? Are they going to find joy? Or are they going to find anger and bitterness and rage? Are we going to find joy? Or are we going to find doubt? Are we going to find joy? Or are we going to find... You can fill it in. There is a reason why the hymn is titled Joy to the World. It is joy that commands attention in the Christ child. The third thing we see here. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the waters in the Negev. Those who go out weeping... Shall, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, carrying their sheaves. Joy is an attitude of faith, not circumstance. Joy is an attitude of faith, not circumstance. The question we have to ask ourselves is, how is our faith working in our hearts and in our minds? How are we taking this Christ child that we say we love, that we say we adore, and that is full of great things? How do we take that? We don't take it on any other level than an act of faith. Because to be people of joy is to make a statement that Christ is the Lord. To make a statement that everything 
that we say we believe in, we do. And I was thinking about a situation that comes up often. It came up to me first in a time of pastoral transition when I was a child. And it's a situation that I bring up whenever I'm involved in counseling a couple or counseling a couple of friends. And here's the challenge that I want to issue. And I want you to think about this with your family, with your church, with your friends, with your co-workers, with anyone that you care about. We have a choice. We can hate who they are not, or we can love who they are. We can hate who they are not, or we can love who they are. Because every one of us, as we know as good United Methodists, there is not a soul alive who does not have the grace of God within them, no matter whether they've woken to it or not. It's an attitude of faith to look at our circumstances, to look at our lives, to look at our world, and search for the joy, and to search for the faith, and to search for the Christ child. Because if we do not do that, we are destined to a life of gloomy gustness. I don't think that's a word, but you know what I mean. Gloomy gustness. And let me ask you finally, who is more fun to hang around with? Someone who radiates joy or a gloomy Gus? Is there anyone in the room that would rather hang out with a gloomy Gus than someone full of joy? Then here's the question, or here's the challenge. Let us be people of joy then. Let us be people of joy, not because of where we find ourselves, but because of what God has done in and through us, in and through the Christ child for us. Let us be people who radiate joy because, as the song says, the Lord is come. Why joy? It's very simple. If we do not embrace the joy of the Christ child, and if we do not embrace the joy of all the promises that the Christ child brings us, then we're doomed to misery. We're doomed to anger, bitterness, and selfishness. And I want to tell you, that's not who God's called us to be. So let us indeed be people of joy. Thank you for listening to this podcast of First United Methodist Church of the Ritter, Louisiana. You may find out more about us at fumcderitter.org.